Hello and welcome to another episode of Hashtag Woke Settler Podcast. I'm your host, Alexis Bumstead, and today we'll be discussing the prejudice that Indigenous communities face in our hospitals every single day. As Canadians, we have a universal healthcare plan. However, what happens when certain cultures are denied from this plan because of their race? Indigenous people suffer from limited to zero access to a properly trained doctor and hospital staff. However, even when location is not an issue, Indigenous people still feel unwanted, unsafe, and judged just by being inside of a hospital. Our first discussion takes us on a little journey back in time. As a person, I didn't know Brian Sinclair personally. Um, so I largely came to know about Brian Sinclair by reading the transcripts from the inquest uh, into his death. Uh, and so uh, reading those inquest uh, records helped to understand a little bit about his history and his family life um, as up to the point where he um, he went to the Health Sciences Center 10 years ago. Uh, so as a person, I encountered the media story, right, in, in uh, September of 2008. And, you know, was, was as shocked as anybody else about hearing about a man who had waited in an emergency room for 34 hours and had died there without ever being treated. Back in 2008, September 19th, Brian Sinclair, an Indigenous 45-year-old man, walked into the hospital ER waiting room, Winnipeg's Health Science Center. After 34 hours, he is reported to have passed away. Why? Because of the racism the staff carry on themselves. They left him in the waiting room for 34 hours as he died, saying he's probably drunk and just sleeping it off. But what happened um, to Brian Sinclair is is that he um, did, as far as we can tell, everything absolutely how you were supposed to. He had a significant but not life-threatening health concern. He first went to his primary care um, health providers. He was referred to an emergency room um, to get a, a fairly minor kind of medical procedure done that was better done in a sterile circumstances. And he presented himself to the appropriate sort of desk in, in the emergency room. And we know from the, the work of the inquest and the histories it unpacked is that he stayed there for um, 34 hours. He was repeatedly seen by a, a range of people, including just everyday folks who were in the emergency room because they were there with family or friends, but also in particular by, by staff. And he was repeatedly seen but not treated. And after 34 hours, he died from a, um, an easily treatable condition that could I brought up this incident because I want to specify that this is not a new issue. This is a problem that has surrounded Indigenous people for a long time. Even when they can get access to proper hospitals, they are still denied treatment. In some cases, they are told racist slurs, mocked, or made to feel unwanted and unsafe. And overall, are now too scared to enter the hospitals. Earlier this year, there was a group of staff members at a hospital in British Columbia who were participating in a very incredibly racist game. They would test the alcohol level in the blood of their mostly Indigenous patients and see who could guess the closest without going over. They called it The Price is Right. This is an action of racism and disrespect powered by stereotypes Indigenous people face on a daily basis. The province launched a full investigation into the emergency room staff whom participated in this game. However, nothing has been released since. 
When word got out about this incredibly racist game, a nurse named Tiana Dick, who happens to be indigenous, spoke out and said, It broke my heart. I wanted to scream and cry, but I wasn't surprised. Tiana was not surprised because she had a personal experience with racism in Canadian hospitals. Not only has she been a nurse herself for 17 years, but that started when her aunt hit her head and went to receive treatment for, for a concussion. The doctors and nurses in charge ignored her and assumed she was drunk and just needed to sleep it off. So she did not receive proper treatment or a proper examination. She later died from an acute subdermal hematoma. She had no alcohol or drugs in her system and her death was completely avoidable. A woman named Yvonne Husen, who is Métis, now wonders if she was part of the racist Price is Right. Husen was worried she may have food poisoning, so she checked herself into the hospital on one of the hottest days of summer. However, a nurse became very aggressive with her and started demanding to know what drug she was on. Ajax kept saying it was food poisoning. I was so apologetic, because they were, they were being so aggressive, she later said to reporters. When her test results finally came back, saying she had zero alcohol and drugs in her system, she was only then given a bed, but the question is still there. Was she used for a racist game? I was made aware of serious allegations of racist and abhorrent practices in an emergency room or emergency rooms in British Columbia. If confirmed, the conduct is beyond unacceptable. Many different Indigenous communities do not have access to a proper healthcare system. However, the ones who do are faced with these actions by nurses and doctors. They are meant to help. As nurses and doctors, they have taken an oath to do no harm. However, this may not cause physical harm, the emotional and psychological pain that this would cause anyone finding out their doctor they trusted used their blood for a game with their coworkers. This could deeply affect anyone. Joyce Enchiquan, a 37-year-old mother of seven, died in the hospital as two nurses watched and verbally harassed her on September 28, 2020. Joyce's family reported that she often felt unwanted or uncomfortable in the hospital and she was scared to be there. Because of this, she would live stream on Twitter the incidents is occurring in the hospital as a way of safety and security. As well as many members of Joyce's family also felt uncomfortable and unwelcome during their hospital visits seeing their loved one. Their goal is that one day their kids will grow up knowing that they are safe in a hospital and do not have to deal with racism while receiving treatment or visiting a loved one. One staff member from the hospital has been fired this far, but that's not enough. Joyce had a bad reaction to morphine, according to her family. This happens all the time. And she was in a building filled with well-trained professionals who were more than capable of helping her. Joyce's lawyer has now claimed that the family is seeking justice. And I quote, They want the people who stood by, said and did nothing, to also be relieved of their duties. On to the hospital on Saturday with stomach pains. He said it through her husband says now, like that, her seven children no longer have a mother. Joyce's family is searching for a fair and appropriate redress in addiction to ensure that such discriminatory and repeated acts of inconceivable violence against Native people finally ceases. I received this quote from CTV News. Justice 
Fresh off organizing that protest, Naguset says the government's public inquiry into Echequan's death is an important victory. Because it's not inquiry on everyone, it's on one specific case that is making an example, a concrete example of why systemic racism is so wrong. Joyce's death has gathered many indigenous people to come and stand together and say enough as they protest outside of Montreal in hopes that their voices will finally be heard. It's important for me to be here today because today we're fighting systemic racism and people are waking up right now. So it's very important to use this momentum to, to speak and the truth needs to come out and uh, we just need to 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 être ensemble together. Well, it's more than for me since uh, a lot of my people have been suffering with racism, and I'm here for my ancestors and my community. It's important for me to be here because it could have been me. My children would have lost their mother if this wasn't shown through live. We would still be knowing what's happening around Quebec. Uh, this is the kind of story that happens more than you think. Uh, I worked as a worker at the Native Women's Shelter and I have many clients that had skin infections, uh, bruises that need medical attention and they prefer to stay in pain than instead of getting the help that they need. As you just heard, these protests are about more than just Joyce's death. They're about the death of every indigenous person who had more time to live if only they would have been listened to when they were going to receive care in a hospital. This protest is about the systematic racism that Canada has. The death of, of Tina Fontaine, the death of Colton Bushy, um, the current um, inquest that's going on not too far away from here into the circumstances around the death of a, of a man named Errol Green who died in the Winnipeg Remand Centre. Michelle Lebrec was recently found to have a fractured pelvis, but it took three trips to hospital before she received that diagnosis. You're not treated as well as like the white people that come in and a native or just seem to be turned away. All three of these incidences are prime examples of the racism Indigenous people face on a daily basis while entering our health facilities. Brian St. Clair shows that this issue has been happening for a long time. The Nurses Racist Game shows that it's happening behind doors, closed doors as well as right to their patient's face. And Joyce shows that change can be enacted once people find out the truth, as shown when everyone comes together and protests for her death. I'm Alexis Bumstead, and you've been listening to Hashtag Woke Settler Podcast, Unfair Healthcare.